Julia is here for those of you with children. And go back and meet her and get your Bible bags. The rest of us, let's turn to Matthew chapter 26. I want everyone to pull that out today because uh, we're not going to be reading the text off the wall. We're going to be reading it from the Word during the communion uh, meditation time. And so I want you to uh, pull that before you. We're going to start with the 14th verse and read the rest of it in the time of meditation. For those of you who walked in, I had several say, we're doing communion again. And yes, this is Palm Sunday. We always do communion Palm Sunday. Last week was the first of the month. And so we decided to do it two Sundays in a row for your uh, wonderful uh, experience. In the narrative uh, that we're going to have you meditate on today, there are three betrayals that Jesus experiences. And of course, a betrayal does not come from an enemy. It comes from someone you've trusted, a person who's close to you. And we have, of course, that formal betrayal of Judas, who sold Jesus out for money. We have the painful betrayal of Peter, painful both for him and, of course, for Christ. He claimed that he would never deny Jesus in that safety There's courage, and as he's sitting with Jesus in the upper room, he says, I would never deny you. And yet that troubling night, he denied him three times. In that moment, of course, he experiences the deep sorrow that overcomes you when you do betray another. The third betrayal occurred in Gethsemane itself, in the garden, as Jesus was praying in deep agony. And he says to his three best friends, Peter and James and John, he says, come with me a little further. Watch and pray with me. And in that time of deep agony, as he knows what's about to occur, his friends fall asleep. They're not there for him. They're unable to stay awake in his hour of need. And Jesus suffers the deepest fears and agonies by himself. Now, we're not going to read the entire narrative now. I encourage you, as I said, in the communion time to do so. So keep this open before you. Keep it on the pew beside you so that when you return to your seat, you can read through it and allow the story to to not just be the story that Jesus experienced, but our story as we enter into this time of communion with him. For we know what betrayal is. We've all experienced betrayal, and we've all betrayed. And so in this moment of preparation for the sacrament, we want to remember first the faithfulness of God. It's interesting that the lectionary today also has us turn to Psalm 89, in which we have this great affirmation of God's faithfulness to us, even though we might not be faithful to him or to others or even to our own selves, who we are as as Christians and followers of Christ. But the author proclaims, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare your love stands firm forever and that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself, that which is beyond this temporary world. Now, though the psalm goes on, and you might want to meditate on this as well, and describes what happens to David and his descendants when they're not faithful to God and this deep sorrow that enters into his family. But it's also 
affirming them that no matter how they are, God is faithful. His love stands firm. And he is active in our lives, regardless of how we might be unfaithful in, in our own personal lives. So as preparation for the sacrament, I want to take these three and allow them to be a moment of self-analysis. Uh, we are told to confess. It's the beginning of every sacrament where we confess in the general confession the way that all of us generally uh, fall short of the measure of God. But we also have the opportunity to, to confess in private those things that we ourselves have done in very personal ways. And so in this preparation, I encourage you to be open to God. Ask him to show you, is there any way in which you need forgiveness and cleansing that is promised in the sacrament itself? We begin, of course, with the betrayal of Jesus for money. Now, I have no doubt that if CNN had been there that day and had interviewed Judas, that he would not have said, yeah, I sold him out for money. I think he would have come up with a lot of reasons and justifications why he was trying to spur on the movement or something else when he sold Jesus out. And the scholars agree with that. They say that there was far more going on in Judas than just his desire for money. He was a zealot. He wanted to overthrow Rome, and he thought that maybe Jesus could be the person who would do that, and on and on. So we want to expand this betrayal not just for have we sold Jesus out for money? But have we sold him out for our own popularity? For power, perhaps? For immoral pleasure? For anything temporary or material? Now, once, once we broaden it in that way, it, it changes it for us. And we recognize that this betrayal of Christ is something that happens in, in different kinds of ways as we put this material world in front of who God is and what Christ came to do and how he changed us and how we're to live this spiritual life following him and living by his holy ways. How often have we betrayed a friend or a family or our church or our Lord in order to fit in so that we would not be thought of as unusual how often have we betrayed him to, to get ahead in career or in some social setting? How often have we kept what is his for me and for mine? How often have we, in fact, betrayed ourselves when we let something that is temporary, that's just going to last for a moment or perhaps only a week, but certainly not beyond the grave, cause us to betray our Lord and who he is? So take a moment and consider that for yourself. Let's ask, have I betrayed Jesus and all that Jesus is for something as empty as money? Now the second type of betrayal we see in this story is that of fear, a failure to uh, create our own sense of safety and so we deny Christ in order to try to be safe. Peter never dreamed, as I said, when he was sitting in the upper room amongst all the disciples and, and Jesus Christ and all the power that he felt there. He had all kinds of courage in that moment. We have lots of courage as we sit in the sanctuary amongst the people of God 
in the presence of God. But then in that moment of danger, everything changed for him. Now, unlike Judas, Peter stayed close to Jesus. And after the resurrection, Jesus three times restored him as a shepherd of the faith, acknowledging that he was forgiven for the denial that, that he made of him. But it's important to note that in our own time of danger, we can easily betray not only who Jesus is, but who we are in him. So far in my lifetime, the United States systems, both legal systems and economic systems, have provided some modicum of safety for the followers of Jesus Christ. However, this safety is deteriorating in a variety of ways. But the truth is that no government, no society can be the source of our safety. If we trust in government or we trust in this economic system or we trust in the society in which we live, we have an ill-placed trust. Our trust must be in the Lord Jesus Christ and only in Christ as he empowers us to stand firm in his love and to know that he will be faithful regardless of what happens to us in the transitory moment of our health or our finances or our career or our family, the things that happen in the larger political realm. Only as Christ empowers us can we stand firm. So again, let's ask ourselves, have I placed my trust in myself or something temporary like a government? Or do I put my trust in Christ? Do I gain my strength from this world? Or do I gain my strength from Christ himself? And whom do I trust? And then last, the final betrayal is that of friends who were not there for him when Jesus needed the strength of their presence. Now, undoubtedly, uh, if you were to talk with Peter and James and John, they would have said, you know, we, we didn't realize this was the last night before he was going to die. We would, have, we would have, of course, stayed awake. We would have been there for him. Or they would say, perhaps, oh, we were just exhausted. We had this huge Passover feast and we were just sleepy. We didn't mean to. Or that we didn't understand the depth of the pain that Jesus was in. We weren't close enough to know his deep sorrow. But we all know the moments when our closest family and friends needed us deeply and we were not there for them. Now, I do not believe that any of us can say what someone else should do in being there for someone they love. But I know without any doubt, because I experience it almost every day, where God will bring a person to my mind or a thought or impress something for me to do to be with someone who is in time of need. I know that God does that for each one of us. And the question is, do we sacrificially make the time, regardless of how sleepy, or tired we are to be there? And do we give that strength of presence that God gives? 
The sacrament itself is a time of the presence of God. He promises to be with us in the sacrament. He promises that as we confess, he'll forgive. As we open ourselves, he'll cleanse, he'll empower. He'll uh, enable us to live a life that is so different that we are there for others, that the love of God flows through us in every way. And that this betrayal that Jesus experienced does not have to be a part of our lives. We can be there for that family member, for that Bible study member, for that fellow worshiper, for the neighbor who we see distraught and overwhelmed, for the coworker who confides with us. To be there is what God calls us to do because he is here with us. So we come to the sacrament in this moment and we encourage everyone to participate in this moment. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. If you want to have the presence of God with you, then we encourage you to partake. But the sacrament is not just that moment of taking the bread and taking the cup. It's the whole experience of the confession and the affirmation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let us affirm together the sacrament.